What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Bobby Mason Audio Experience. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me, personally. Also, a big shout-out to Educating Entrepreneurs. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Guys, this podcast is created for all of you because, you know what, the world of entrepreneurship is seriously viewed as this glitzy, heroic career with all these guaranteed pathways to riches and success when, just to be completely honest, you don't just snap your finger and bang, have the mansion, have the travels, have all the pretty ladies. That's just not how it works. So in the Bobby Mason audio experience, we actually have real entrepreneurs on the show. I'm personally a serial entrepreneur after starting 15 companies. And essentially this entire show is just about entrepreneurship and sharing our entrepreneurial stories, our life lessons, our success methods, and lastly, really being honest about our royal F-ups. So thank you so much for listening. You guys can find this podcast anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. You know, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good things. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Thank you so much again, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, as I promised yesterday, Brady and I are doing a podcast tonight. Yes, it's uh, 8.45. Brady's not been on the show for a long time. And when he was on the show last, we were lucky. Roughly 1,400 people. You guys all downloaded Brady for some reason. No and way. He was a good person to listen to, which is absurd. That's unbelievable. Bad yeah. taste. I want to say that I like your listeners have good taste, but clearly not. You know, you think they'd be download, downloading better, better podcasts. No, no. Um, <laughs> so Brady, Brady, welcome to the show. After a three, four week hiatus, you've been impossible to get back. You are just so busy, um, so strong and so beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure you are just blowing off the ugly people like myself. So thank you. Those, those are three words that have never described me, but I appreciate you having me on. As always, thank you everybody for downloading. I mean, there's no reason that you should be downloading when I talk, but you know, yes. something we've just out of made. It. We just started the show with two amazing plugs on why people should continue to listen to the rest of this one. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better, I promise. Um, so what, what, what is up with you? What's going on? I haven't talked to you in forever. It, it's honestly, isn't it crazy? It feels like so long. It's so weird. Yeah, There's because it's, it's been a month. I know, but you know, but I think that's the weird part is like, I can go like, and you, I think, you know, of all people, like I can, I can easily go a year without talking to someone and it yeah. doesn't cross my mind. <laughs> it does like, and, and that's a terrible, that's a character flaw, character flaw on my part for sure. But yeah, same, but like, yeah, we haven't spoken what four weeks and it feels like we haven't talked in, in two years, yeah, you know, it has been a while. That's so weird, but that's good. That's good. I always get excited to, uh, to see your beautiful little face and, and talk about, there's just, you know, there are sparks here and I mean that in a loving way, yes. not a knowledgeable way, but there are sparks here. And, uh, I do think it's always good because this is a, this is a legitimate plug. I always get something out of our conversations. I, every single time we talk, I get something out of it. Same. And that's Same. what like, I, I think to, to truthfully answer your question, um, I have been busy. Um, we're working on like with, with our startup, 
Um, for, for the people that don't know, I work at a medical device startup uh, out in Boston, and uh, we're working on uh, total joint replacement for the lumbar spine. Um, not that that matters, but it's, it's startup-y. We have a, a small group, five, six people, and we're trying to get across the finish line. So it's, it's busy. Um, with that being said, being that, being that busy, um, as many people are, like, I, I really have to narrow down what I'm going to do on a given day, right? Like who I'm going to give my time to, what I'm going to give my time to. Um, so all those thoughts go, go into that. And so when I do have time, I like to get something out of that. And maybe that's selfish on my part, but I love having conversations where when I have an hour of free time or, or two hours of free time or 30 minutes of free time, it's something where I'm still building, uh, learning, um, making myself better instead of like jumping in front of the TV. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I mean? And I think I, we're on the same boat there. I agree. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been busy. It's been busy because as everyone knows, we're in the midst of uh, a pandemic and, and life is different than what we normally live by. And um, our surgeries are, as all elective surgeries in the US right now are not occurring. So um, our surgeries are very backed up and we have patients that, that need surgery and are in pain and um, we're trying to figure out how to make that happen. So um, it's been busy. It's been a little stressful, but in a good way, <laughs> truthfully. And um, yeah, so 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 apologies for not not getting back sooner. It's okay. Know? We we forgive you as a whole. We oh, as a you whole, you you yes. and you and your listeners are a are are a group. You're you're one to now. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm speaking for you, but we <laughs> forgive Brady. He's a busy guy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But I was, so what I was looking at is I was looking at your bookshelf behind you before yes. we started. Yes. And uh, I, I can see two of the books and there might be other ones that are good up there. I can see the other side, other side, Tools of Titans, which I know we've both been through multiple times. And then I'm, on top of it, I believe you have Unshakable. I'm not sure if that's what it is, but yes. Is that what yes. it is? I can't read it. Um, anyways, I'm in the middle of Unshakable right now and let's bring something up that I don't know why I don't, don't, they haven't heard about it. Compounding? What's the deal with compounding? Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. I knew about it, obviously, but I, I don't think, I, like, people don't understand the importance of it. No, they don't. Right? That's I the mean, point I'm making. Can we, can we start with just the definition? You're talking about compound interest. Yes, I am. Uh, apologies. So, I am talking about compound Compound interest. interest. Here, here's a definition for you because I'm it. just now I'm just curious what the definition nope, that's was. Fair, yeah. Compound interest is the addition of interest to the principal sum of a loan or deposit, or in other words, interest on interest. So that is way too in depth and over most people's heads. So since you just read the book, or you're in the process of reading the book, please touch on compound interest because it is a fascinating topic and people need to take advantage of it. It absolutely is. Um, and I, I think it's so, I think it's so amazing because it's such like a, I don't think it's like a, it's a hidden aspect, but it's something that is like vastly overlooked. Even myself, like I, you know, it's there, but anyways, I, I think the broad, the broad, the basic definition of compound interest in, in I, I would like to hear what, what your thoughts are on this or if this is correct or not, but 
it's building interest on money that you've already made, right? So like mm -hmm. you make interest on your principal amount, but on top of that, you are now making interest, like making 10, like if you have 10% of a hundred dollars, you're going to make X amount, right? You're going to make $10 extra. Now, if you have $110, you make 10% again, you're making additional funds that you wouldn't have made previously. That is the general consensus on compound interest. Is that correct or is that incorrect? Yes, that's correct. All right, guys, you just had to deal with some editing because, um, well, I had a trillion taps pulled up and it was freezing our audio. So, dumb. Um, so, Brady was just talking about compound interest and I was losing my train of thought because I was looking at other things and <laughs> everything was freezing um so interest is fascinating like just making money on your money is just a fascinating concept in itself right it's insane like i it's it's i mean to, like to me it's it's a passive form of income right like yeah. it's, it's an un, like you, you, there's no work provided. It's a passive form of, of income. That's not to say that it is, it is without risk, but. Yeah. And you know, it's just amazing to me that, I mean, based on compound interest and just that topic, it's amazing to me that people don't just throw money into the market and let it sit for 40 years. It is. I a hundred percent agree. I mean, so, and, but I think that's the thing that, that, one, people don't, under, people don't understand. And two, even people that understand, it's not easy, right? Like it's, it's not easy to have stone cold, like no one has stone cold nerves to just say like, it doesn't matter when I put this in and if it goes down, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to like pull all my money. Like it's not easy to do, you know? No. That's, why, that's why investing is what it is, is because I think there are so few people that are made out to actually handle that well. Truthfully. And, and that's something I'm, I'm bad at. I, I'm very bad at, but I got to like, I got to, it's something I have to learn. Instant gratification is one of our biggest weaknesses. That's um, a good point. And you and I talked about it like five weeks ago, six weeks ago, man, it has been a long time since the market started crashing. Um, yeah. yeah. Like six weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. And we were talking about like, when do we go back in? And it was probably like, almost right when the market crashed, I just went all in again. And just like looking at the change over a month, like if you guys are patient and you're willing to throw your money into things and let it sit and not get emotional and pull out when you see money go down, you're going to be okay. Like legitimately, if you look at the market average over the lifespan of US history, right? You have gains of like, eight to 12 percent and i mean I'll, I'll throw let's see I'm, I'm gonna do a simple calculation for all of you guys that maybe don't take time to i don't know look into investing all right so with normal market averages if i started putting in ten dollars a day okay right now so what 300 300 a month yeah yeah right yep and I do that until I am 60 years old, all right? Six years old. Based on, what, normal, four, yep. 
yeah, based on normal market averages, I'm going to sit there with $650,000 at the age of 60. Now, if I change that potential, let's, let's say I do, let's say I do $50 a day. How does that sound to you? $50 a day sounds better. Yeah. But just, just thinking about $50 a day, you know what my hypothetical projection would be at age 60? It would be, uh, oh, yeah. it'd be $3 million. It's amazing. Like it's small changes like that. And I, I think one thing that I, I want to stress here, cause it, it's something that I have become more and more aware of is $50 a day. Isn't reasonable for a lot of people, no. right? No. $50 a day isn't reasonable for a lot of people. And I think where people miss out is that, but people do have $10 a day. Some people don't, some people don't, but a lot of people, you can find funds to put away $10 a day, $300 a month, or even if it's a hundred dollars a month, like that adds up over time. I think that's what, and that's the point that you were getting to at the oh, start, yeah. right? The instant, the instant gratification, like, well, if I put away $10 a day right now, it's not going to do me anything. It's like, yeah, but $10 a day is $300 a month, which is, what is that? $3,600 a year. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, $3,600 a year isn't bad, but $10 a day doesn't sound like that much. It doesn't sound like anything. So it's tough to see where $10 a day gets to that. What was it? 600,000 you said six, yeah. 600,000 yeah. about. Um, so, so I think people don't want to set that aside because it's like, well, I, I don't have $50 a day to do. So there's no point in me doing 10 or there's no point in me doing five per day. Right. But and there it's is amazing. Even yeah. Look into apps like acorn. All right. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. I mean, I don't, I actually do use it, but that's not like my main form of investing, but I do have it tied to my bank accounts because I do think it's really fun to just have them invest the roundups on every purchase you make. So like they have this ability where you just tie it to your credit cards, your bank accounts. And if you make a purchase for 80 cents, they round it up to a dollar and they take that 20 cents and invest it in the market for you. And it's just very little but you just look at it after like a year and you're like, wait, I have a, I have two to five to five thousand dollars in that account from roundups. Yeah. What in the world? And it's crazy. You're feeling really good because you're like, that stuff is just put away. I don't even think about it. I'm not tempted to spend it. It's kind of been like a savings account. It's growing when the market's growing. And it's compounding over my lifetime. And that's like, that's pretty darn sweet. Absolutely. And I, I, I just think, I think this is such a hot topic right now, right? Because everyone and their mother and their sister and their parents have an idea of what the market is going to do. And they know why the market's going to do what they're going to do, what it's going to do, but they don't, they don't know. There, there's, there's just no, people don't know what's going to happen. I think where people get into trouble and this is me speaking from inexperience and just knowing what I know from the the little time I've been in it, but people get into trouble when people say I'm looking to make money in the next two years, then it is tougher to hold on to money or not be all in when things go down 5% tomorrow or they go down 10% tomorrow and you're like, well, I got to get this money out before it goes down 20%. You know, yeah. if you have a two year turnaround, the problem is when, when I put in, when I put in any money into investing, you got to look at that and say, that's money that 
I do not need for, I'm not going to touch for 20 years or 30 years, you know, because that's, that's where, that's where the point that you make comes in over time. If you have your money in there over time, the U S economy and everything that we know about it now, could something happen tomorrow and somehow that changes? Yes. I mean, it, it could hypothetically, it could happen, but from every piece of knowledge, we know the U to bet on the U S economy is a good bet. You're not going to lose that bet. And over time, it's going to go up, you know? And I always tell people when they're like, oh, but I don't want to invest and lose money and blah, blah, blah. Here's the deal. If the U.S. economy totally blows up, like legitimately blows up and you lose every dime you put into the market and you were diversified amongst like the S&P and stuff like that, you're screwed either way. Like we're all screwed either way. (laughs) We're going to have bigger problems on our hand if the, if the U S economy goes under. Yes. Yes. So the fact that you saved a couple hundred bucks because you didn't have it in the market really doesn't matter that much. And based off of what Brady was saying a second ago, where everyone in the world right now is saying what's going to happen to the market. The cool thing about that book up there, unshakable, pretty much his, I would feel, I feel like the point he makes more often than not is that greatest experts in the entire world essentially say, we don't know how to read the market and these are the best of the best. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that little Bob or little Brady has a clue how to read a market. Mm -mm. And the third thing I wanted to say is, you know, Brady's logic about putting money into the market and then not touching it for 20 years. Like, it seems to me that that's just the investment strategy for everything, right? Like if you're interested in real estate, every real estate deal we do, we're expecting to put it in for 20 years and get no return in our bank account for 20 years. I mean, we're getting a return because we're paying off our mortgage, we're paying off our interest payments, principal, stuff like that, but we're not going to see it for 20 years. And it takes that patience. Like if we went into every real estate deal, bought it, flipped it in a year, just because, you know, we wanted the money. Uh, We're probably breaking even when you think about the costs associated with closing and purchasing and everything else. It's the same with the market. Like, You're spot on. I think my, I think the favorite thing that I've heard, and this came from Warren Buffett outside of Unshakable. I mean, it's incredible on just like the simplicity of what you can do with investing. Like, I think we we tend to overcomplicate it because there's so many factors involved and we have now we have all this information at our fingertips, right? So yeah. like 20, 20, 15, 20 years ago, nobody outside the stock market could get in like this information. Now every single person has it. They can make their own decisions. And now everybody's a day trader because they know what they're doing. But the the fact of the matter is, is we have all these people that that consistently tell us what what a what a share is worth of of, mm-hmm. of, a, of a given given company. And that's why things go up and down. They go up 3% today and 4% tomorrow. And that's normally not how it goes, but we're in this most volatile time of of all time. But the thing that I think is tough to understand that more people need to understand is if you went in and you were just talking about real estate, Mm -hmm. if you went in and bought a house tomorrow for $400,000, or you you went in and bought a house tomorrow for $150,000 and the day after tomorrow, someone came to you and said, I'll give you $100,000 for your house. 
you're not going to take, you're not going to take it. It doesn't matter that someone told you, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars over your house. It's not a good investment, right? Like that's very clear. That's logical to us. Mm-hmm. We understand that we're not going to take that hit. We're not going to take that loss. That's just someone telling us what they would pay for our house. That doesn't mean the value of our house has actually changed. That just means someone has given us a bid on our house. We're not going to sell it for a hundred thousand dollars, but in the stock market, if I buy a stock t- today at $200 a share and tomorrow someone comes in and says, I'll give you 190. And I think in my head, well, well shit, is it worth 180 now? Like, sure. I'll give me 190. Give me one. Like, I don't want to lose more money, but it's so funny because like the value of that share, unless something drastic has happened overnight, which 99.99% of the time has not happened. Mm-hmm. It's just a news article or something came out. Um, it just, someone guesstimating what they they say that value is it's not actually what the value of that share is right it hasn't changed the va- the value of that company has not changed when elon musk last I was going to just bring that up when, when elon musk last week tweets out in my honest opinion this is word for word in my honest opinion i think tesla shares are overpriced and the stock drops 15% in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> sure, t- Tesla didn't change. I promise you that. In those 15 <laughs> minutes, Tesla didn't change. But what did change is everybody just thinking, oh my God, is it overpriced now? Give me whatever money I can get. I'll take a 15% loss. That's fine. It's just, it's crazy to me. And it's such a simple concept, but it's, I think it's tough to grasp with stocks, which are such an intangible thing, right? Yeah. And you guys, the point that Brady just brought up, so important. I've had so much money invested in Tesla for so long. And if I polled every single time Elon Musk did something that dropped the stock price, I'd be broke. <laughs> but, but the thing is, you got to realize like you're investing in the company. You're investing in the, if you are doing individual stocks, that is, of course. Mm-hmm. If you pick a couple of companies you truly believe in, and you believe they have real potential, you have to remember it's a company you're investing in. Like a startup doesn't just grow to $10 trillion in a year. It takes them a decade. Mm -hmm. And if you truly believe in their product, you believe in their leadership, you believe in what they're doing, like commit to the bit. Like I, I think my brother, dad and I, we probably invested, I think I talked to you about this, but we invest in Tesla stock like six eight years ago and it was just like we believe in the concept and it was really rocky for three four five years like real rocky and every single year we'd look at and we'd be like this is such a waste of money and then we'd be like who's pulling and i'd be like i'm not my brother be like i'm not my dad be like i'm not and then we talk about why not be like well we really believe in the idea of electronic cars and we believe that it's going to happen and we believe that there's, there's so much big thinking over at Tesla that eventually they're going to be the leaders. So we're committed to the bit, even though the first four years sucked. Absolutely. And believe it or not, it's paying off like because we believed in the product. So if you do do individual stocks, I wouldn't start there necessarily. Absolutely not. Definitely diversify amongst a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating concept. It is. It's crazy. And I, I, it is, it's amazing. I, I think the whole, the whole concept is, is amazing. And even what you just said, I think Tesla, Tesla's, I mean, Tesla's one of those feats of nature, right? 
I mean, I, I, I was even looking at it a couple months ago and it was at, I don't know, $600 a share. And I thought there is no way in hell this share continues to go up. I think it hit 900 the other day or 850 high eight, 800 yeah. for sure. Um, and it's still going up. And honestly, like, I didn't even know that. I haven't <laughs> looked at it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it hit, I, I, I believe it hit 900, if not like very high 800s in the last week. Um, and it, 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 people just don't know. I think we're also in a, in a stage where we've never seen companies that can control this much of, of market share before. Right. Yeah. So like you had back in the past, you have a bunch of these blue chip stocks of GE and you have Ford and you have um, us steel, some of these just big, big name stocks, but they weren't integrated to, to our everyday life. Right. So they were still things that I, I could go about living my daily life. I don't see those things every day. Now you look at the top five stocks, which make up, I want to say 20% of the S and P 500. And there are things that you, 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 we can't live without, you can't go a day without you, you Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Microsoft. Yeah. Tell me, tell me the last day you, you, you went or the last hour you went without one of those five things. It, you can't do it. You know, they have unprecedented numbers. And is that to say that they can't be knocked off? Absolutely not. But we're at a completely different, people don't know how stocks are going to react. People don't know. We've never seen this, this kind of thing, you know, but what we do know is that the U S economy is, is going to increase. So if you do something, you like diversify S and P 500, I mean, there's a million ETFs, index funds that you can get into. And this is, this is maybe getting a little bit too much in the weeds, but um, I think, I think not betting on America is it is a tough, it's a tough one that you're probably not going to win. If you're going to, I think beyond that, even not betting on, or not, not even betting, not taking advantage of the money you work for and not letting, not taking the opportunity to let the money you make work for you for a change. That's a real bummer. Like no matter what time, how good or bad things are. Like, here's the thing. I think about my life goals, right? Like want to have the pretty house, not because I want to look cool, but I, I essentially, I want to give my kids everything like cool house with the basketball court and the lake and the trips every month. And, you know, I've done the math and maybe this is too much information for the audience, but yeah, I, I have to make a solid, I have to make well over a half a million a year. And like, that's, that's my goal, obviously. And for me to do that consistently for the rest of my life, there are not many jobs you can find that pay you that amount every single year. Like it, it's pretty rare. You're going to yes. have to be running a pretty enormous company. Mm -hmm. And what is less rare and very tangible is actually investing your money and having a bunch of different sources of income coming in. Like the way I have a chance of doing this is by making my main main income on like stuff like educating entrepreneurs and other companies we run. But then the fact that I'm constantly bringing in, you know, five, 10, 15,000 on the side every month from one real estate building and then doing another commercial building and another commercial building and then having stocks make you money on the side and then 
having like little investments and startups making money on the side, like all of a sudden I have a shot because my time alone, it's going to be a while until my time alone is worth 10 grand an hour. (laughs) But the fact that I can let my money make my time worth that much an hour, like you're just leaving opportunity on the table. And I'm okay with not having the fanciest clothes and the fanciest house and the coolest car right now, because I much rather have my money do the work. So I don't need to do as much. Absolutely. No. And I, I think, I mean, I think what you have is ultimately a plan for yourself. Right. And I think that's, that's without getting too far in the weeds. I think that's what people want is people want, people should have a plan to get to whatever financial freedom is, is to them or not even financial freedom. I think just freedom in general to be able to do what they want, do what they love, provide for their, for themselves, provide for their family, um, be able to, to do the work that they want, take the opportunities that they want, um, whether they want to travel or they don't want to travel or whatever it is. I think whatever freedom is to that person, I think is, mm-hmm. is, is what people are ultimately driving at. Um, and I, I think that's the end goal, right? Like if, if that's what you want, then, then find a way to, whether it's, and I think we, we got heavy into investments, but whether it's investments or a side hustle or whatever you have to do to get to that, make it work for you. And that might be investments. There's no reason you shouldn't be in investments. Um, because like you said, have money be a slave for you instead of vice versa. Yeah. Um, but I think you're ultimately like, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to make, you don't have to have your outlook be $3 million at the end of the road. It doesn't have to be $10 no. million. Do whatever, like do what that is for you. But that still doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking advantage. And you, this is what you said of that opportunity. That opportunity doesn't say like, oh, I have to use investments or my side hustle or whatever I'm doing, real estate, things, things of, the na- of that nature to get me to a $2 million nest egg or a $5 million nest. It's just getting you to the freedom that you want. Um, and that doesn't always come with money, but it helps to yeah. have that freedom. Yeah. So speaking of side hustles, um, I have some information for you. Let's hear it. Um, so the side hustle, you know, making those courses on the side, it probably has been taking like 20% ish of my time. Okay. Um, had a lot of students sign up in the last 10 days. That's incredible. How many are we talking? Uh, Over 19,000. No way. Yeah. That's incredible. So it's pretty crazy that like Brady just brought up, you can do a side hustle and you can come up with things that if you make enough impact and you really focus on providing value to people, um, it can really give you a good time. (laughs) And, you know, you guys have heard all the podcasts in the past, but we actually kind of started the journey together on this one, but then we all had to take our own, I had to go our own ways to get things done. But yeah, like I, I already told Joey and I told Brandon, and now I'm telling you like a big thank you to you. Um, because you guys were willing to jump on a project when I had just shut down a company that broke my heart. And I don't know if I would have actually ever explored it. If you guys weren't like, Hey, let's at least check it out for a month. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So like, thank you. You guys got me off my butt, even though it didn't take 
much or long, but <laughs> it was just nice to know very quickly that I could explore something with you guys. And that's actually going to transition into what I want to say next. So the reason why I'm thanking you is because it is so much easier to just, even at the beginning stages, start something with someone. Like mm -hmm. just knowing that people kind of have your back or you can mm -hmm. bounce things off of each other. Yeah. So you and I talked about, you were like, hey, like I'm kind of interested in starting another another landscaping company out and, you know, out on yeah. the East yeah. Coast. Absolutely. Um, so I started, I'm two weeks in, um, <laughs> dude, it is, it is so freaking different without a partner. <laughs> so, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay guys. So you guys all know we started three timbers together and the thing is when we started three timbers, like we'd have jobs that people would ask us to do and we'd have no idea how to do it. But because we were like in it together, it felt way easier to me to just say, yeah, we'll figure it out. And then like, it was just equal risk amongst each other. Right. So recently, well, I should say in the last two weeks, I'm going around meeting with plenty of clients. Right. <laughs> and they're like, Hey, like, are you cool with doing patios? And I'm like, yeah, I've done like one or two, like in my head, I'm saying one or two. And I'm <laughs> like, Oh yeah, these are yeah. perfect. No problem. And so, you know, like, I'm going back to give quotes and I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm thinking, I have no clue how to price this thing. I have no clue how long it's going to take. Like I just priced out like a huge retaining wall with railroad timbers. Um, the guy emails back going, wow, that is way in the budget compared to other guys. Yeah, we are totally in. And I'm like, it'll be a fun job. Oh, dang it. <laughs> and so like, you know, even at this beginning stage, before I'm going to bring on any employees, just like we did it last time, like, I'm going to start lean, which means mm -hmm. I need to remember how to give proper quotes. And I need to remember how to do the freaking job work. Yep. <laughs> so, so I go to Menards because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this timber wall. It's going to be great. It's probably going to take me a week and a half. And it's going to be just me. And I go to go grab my first timber board, right? And I look at the sticker and it says 210 pounds. And I go, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm legitimately, I, I've been trying to figure out mentally, how am I going to build this wall? How am I going to make a six foot wall when I have to get these freaking logs up on the wall? And I haven't come up with a good solution yet, but yeah. I'm going to have to bribe some people to come lift stuff with me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone here can uh, give, lend you some advice because uh, I sure as heck don't have any for you. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you thought about that endeavor at all for you or you've been too busy? Yeah, I, I, and so, um, I mean, a actively, absolutely, like actively pursuing or, or making making next steps absolutely not um we have a lot of a lot of moving pieces right now in what we're doing and uh, i'm kind of headlong into that um but with that said that that doesn't mean i i uh i don't want to test the market once i'm once i'm back um i, I was curious about that and i was going to ask about that because um market demand is, is different right now for for a couple of reasons 
in my head at least, one, we've got this pandemic going on that's likely going to put our economy into a pretty big recession. Um, so if that depression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be big. So that's going to change the way people spend money. One, two, we are at this lockdown where people have been locked down at home for eight weeks, and people will do anything to get out of their house. Like I, there's there's people in in my neighborhood and around that. I haven't seen outside in 10 years. I know. Outside every single day. They're mowing, they're mowing the yard. They're out there doing mulch. And if you would have asked him um, three months ago to do mulch, he would have cussed you off his porch. He would have said, (laughs) get your lazy ass out of here. But, but, but for that reason, I say, um, I, I would, I, my, my take would be that a lot of people would, would start taking this stuff on themselves. Um, just in the time that we're in right now. Um, but again, not everybody falls into that, into that situation. Um, but so it's, it's, it's good to hear that that demand is is still there. I um, just learned that the projects are different. Okay. So like when we were doing our jam, right, we could do all these simplistic projects. Yeah. Right. And I think that is the case with people being home. It's like, we'll do our mulch. Like we're going to pull our weeds. weeds. We're going to plant some flowers. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a ton of demand for jobs, but it's like, do a retaining wall, do a patio. Oh, wait, there's some grass dead. Can you restart our entire backyard? Like, so stuff that people can't feasibly do on their own. Yeah. And like legitimately every single job I'm, when I show up to the house, I'm have my fingers crossed and I'm like, please let it be an easy one. And then every single time it's like, oh, this is going to be the most miserable week of my life whenever I get to it. <laughs> but that seems to be like the case. It's okay. That makes sense. There aren't, it's all people, every client for the most part that I'm meeting with is well into their sixties. Okay. Um, they're all bigger projects that they just don't have the physical ability to do. Yep. And I'm really not seeing a lot of though, a lot of those like 40, 50 year olds that are like, do the simplistic task. Yeah, the the one offs that we we built a business around, truthfully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, that's gonna be really unique. I'm really trying to figure out how to manage time better. Mm-hmm. I, I'm that's something I'm working on too. Huge, huge aspect. Because um, just taking on too much stuff, probably. Like it's easy to do though. It's easy to fall into the trap. Yeah. Well, you know, we were sitting here for so long, right? And I was like, ooh, well, educating entrepreneurs is going well now. So mm-hmm. that's good. And I'll keep working on that slowly. And then I was like, well, kind of bored. So we should really try to start buying some properties. So we've made a ton of offers on properties um, from houses to multifamily. Mm-hmm. And so if a bunch of those deals go through at the same time, Yeah. It's going to be an intro. <laughs> yeah. um, um, doing remodels. We're doing a whole new remodel of one of our Hopkins buildings, the outside. Okay. Um, seedlings, retail store. It's not, not flourishing. In <laughs> times. So we moved everything to e-commerce and we're slowly building a whole e-commerce site around it. Okay. Which is has really been taking a good amount of time. And then just in the spare time, we decided let's open three timbers up. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? 
yeah so time management really strong (laughs) (laughs) it's it's tough i mean it's interesting because a i think there's two categories that you fall into when we've got stuff like this right you've got one category which is even though I have more time than I had before, I'm getting less stuff done because I'm at home and I'm not in my normal routine and people fall into that, right? You stop Mm -hmm. working out and you stop um, meal prepping and uh, having the breaks that you have and things like that. So motivation goes down. And then I think you have the other side of camps that people probably fall into is that I need to do something or I'm going to go clinically insane. Yeah. And I think think we're both in that camp of uh, like, if I didn't have... 16 hours of work to of a day to do right now i truthfully do not know how i'd be surviving like I, I can't be at home all day long it just drives me like not being able to go work out not being able to just get out and do things like get out and see people even take an hour break you know to go grab dinner with somebody whatever you go crazy you know you got to have something every day that you're waking up for and you're like let's let's get it you know and i i, I think a lot of people learned one that we have a really tough time sitting in silence with ourselves, right? When we're not being stimulated at all times. Yes. I think people have a really tough time with that. And I think the other side of things is people realize like, what am I working towards? You know, like, what am I doing? Why am I getting up every day? That sounds somber. And I don't mean that in a somber way at all. I mean, like, like what am I driving towards? You know, what is, what, what am I, what am I here for? What am I doing? What am I all doing this for? Um, and even, I mean, this has opened up my eyes to that because it's like, if you don't have that every morning, it's tough to get out of bed at, at any time, whether it's 5 a.m. or 10 a.m. It's like, well, I've got another 18 hours at home today. So how am I going to spend that? It's really, <laughs> I think it's really easy for a lot of people to be like, I'm going to play, if, if, whether you have a job or not, like I'm going to not work out. I'm going to play video games or watch TV. And because I, I got tomorrow, you know, yeah. I got, I got we got another week of this. We got another two weeks of this. It's easy. Um, so like getting up, getting a routine, getting after it and having like having your end goal in mind of here's what I'm working towards, I think changes that greatly. Yeah. You know? I think, you know, I'm thinking about me right when quarantine started, mm-hmm. like it took me probably a good two weeks to get into flow state. Oh, hundred percent. But I actually think those two weeks were super valuable for me. Because I legitimately sat there all day thinking like, am I doing everything I can possibly do? And because I was stuck there with my own thoughts for so long, it was like really committing to things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. It like forced me to take a moment to get creative, to really analyze and plan. And sadly, during those two weeks, I probably watched more TV than I've watched in years. Yeah, but but you don't know what else to do. You know, like in the, new, in the yeah. evening, like Ashley and I would sit down and watch a show every night, and we yep. never do that. And I was like, after two weeks, I was like, this we need to stop. <laughs> and it but it's easy to fall into that. Oh, it's easy yeah, to fall sure. into that quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. But like now that it's just life, you almost feel like, at least in my mind, and I bet you feel the same way, and I hope other people try to feel the same way. It just became like, a. am lucky that I'm not dealing with it right now. I don't know people that are dealing with it right now. I mean, besides people in the hospitals that I work with, but like, I really, I'm very lucky. And this is my time to 
make big impact to make the world better. Even if it isn't through becoming a doctor, like I can do things that make the world better and I need to take advantage of this mentality that life is short. Cause I honestly feel like for two weeks there or like, like two weeks, the panic occurred where people were like, what's going to happen to my life? Like, from a physical standpoint, what's going to happen to my health? And it was in the back of everyone's mind. Like they felt uncomfortable when they went to bed at night and they were thinking in their head, how bad is this going to be? Like, am, am I going to die? Are my family members all going to die? Like, and when I thought about that for a while, I guess once again, it set in that superficial phrase, like you got to live, like you only have a year or five years. And I started to think about that a lot. And I was like, dang, Ashley, legitimately, if we only had five years, like, I need to change some things. And it goes beyond just the work stuff. I was like, I need to take on more stuff, but I need to manage it better. But when I take on more stuff, I need to have more time to do fun things than I've ever had. And it meant I would go through everything and I started cutting out all of the worthless crap that I do all the time and being at home for an extended period of time and seeing that businesses still ran, it was very easy to see what stuff I could cut, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, I hope people are taking advantage of that. I hope people are seeing like you can live without a lot of stuff and you miss a, you waste a lot of time just with worthless conversations at work. And the time you take in between the office and home and just so much stuff. And I, I honestly, I hate to say this when people are all, there's people that are sick, people are dying, people are really dealing with this crap like crazy, but like this thing was kind of a blessing for me. And I hate to say that, but like, I've learned so much from it. I've learned more in the last six weeks than I think I've learned in the last two years. No, I, I agree. And I think regardless of the situation that you're in, I think you have to take that mindset. And I think that's really selfish to say from someone that so far things could change tomorrow, but hasn't been afflicted as much as, as so many other people that have just, I mean, this is both financially, health-wise, socially, uh, security-wise. Um, this has changed, changed lives, has changed our nation, it changed the world. And it's, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that way for a while. Um, I think it's going to change the way that we operate. But I think regardless of your situation, I don't think this is, um, I don't think this is strict to coronavirus, but you got to try and find that silver lining, you know, whether, whether this was the worst time for you or the best time, you got to try and find that silver lining. Um, because anytime you go through like this, this stuff, like as a, as a nation, as, as just like a populace of people as your, as yourself or your family, um, man, if you get caught up in the news and all the bad stuff that happens, it's just, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible to watch, terrible to look at. I, 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 for the first two, three weeks was reading the news diligently every single day. And I, and I Same. truthfully, truthfully, part of me has to, because of the line of work that I'm in, I have to, I have to watch out for the people that I'm trying to care for. So um, I, I partially have to, but I dialed it back in huge amounts just for the sake of what am I positively gaining out of this? I know every single morning when I turned on the news for the first eight weeks, 
I knew what the headline was going to be. Deaths have increased higher than we expected. Cases have increased higher than we expected. Here are these new outcomes. Here are all these deaths. Here's how we're not handling it properly. Here's why we're upset about it. List goes on, right? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't do anybody any good. I, I think we do have to get to brass tacks and we have to say, how did we handle this well? How do we handle it poorly? How can we change so we do, do it better in the future? And that doesn't just go for our coronavirus response. That goes for us as people, right? Yes. How can we better sustain ourselves for when this happens next time? How can we better sustain our families? How can we better sustain our businesses, um, our livelihoods, the people around us, our country, our state, what have you? Um, so I think finding that silver lining was big for me. I mean, I am, I love what I do. And still, when you get into those 80, 90 hour weeks, at the end of some days, you just say, F this, man. F this, this sucks. Like, I just want an extra two hours of sleep tonight, you know? Like, yeah. like all those people that are laid off, great. Like that's, I, I want that for like a day, like a good day or two, you know? Plus and that's with that extra 600 bucks you get. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's so easy to say the grass is greener. Right. Yeah. And, um, you got unemployment benefits, but in all reality, like I am so thankful that I, that I still have my, my job. I mean, I, I don't know what I would do without my, without my job, without my work. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so lucky that I can do what I do and continue to do what I do because there are so many people that would die, would die to take on the work that I do, you know, regardless yeah. of how crappy it is. People would, and, and I'm not saying that I have a cushy job by any means because I don't, but I'm saying to have just like to get a paycheck, people would do anything right now because you have families that are relying on you. You have your own self that's relying on you. You have bills to pay. And I, I don't think we're, we're fully there yet. Obviously we have we have means that we have to take care of, but we don't have a, a family with five kids and alone on a, you know what I mean? No. Um, so it, it's different. It's, it's, it's different, but being able to find that silver lining for me, I was just like, you know what? If I, if I work 16, 18 hours a day, I got shit to complain about. I got absolutely nothing to complain about. Cause I am so fortunate. You know, I, I am so fortunate to be here. I'm, I'm fortunate to have my health. I'm fortunate to have my family. I'm fortunate to have, to be able to work on something that I love. And I think, I think finding something like that, it, it's probably easy for, for someone to say that hasn't been afflicted as much. And you know, that could obviously change tomorrow. So you got to be thankful for every day, but it's finding some of that silver lining in, in anything, whether it's this coronavirus or whatever setback you have, finding something that says like, this is, this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm here. And I'm, 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 I'm lucky to have that, you know? Yeah, you just said that really well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's uh, it, it is. It's tough though. You know, like you get beaten down day after day after day, and it's just like f. Like, why is this happening to me? Like, it's so easy to pull. And I like. I think I can say it because I have been there. I have one hundred percent pulled the victim card before. Of like, this is horseshit. Why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this crap. Mm -hmm. And there is millions of people that have it so much worse, you know? And even if they don't have it worse, there's always something to be thankful for, you know? There's always something to be thankful for. And it makes what I do on a daily basis, coming back to, to you personally, like so much easier. When I know that like I am grateful for what I have, I'm thankful, it's so much easier to work an 18 hour day than when I'm like, 
why the fuck is excuse my language you're gonna have to bleep that out <laughs> i'm sorry um like why is jimmy from down the street not working and he's his he is now bringing a paycheck that is higher than mine i'm working at a startup for fucking 90 hours a week yeah and like this guy that's golfing and like going out with his friends every day is doing that the truth is I would like, if I was, if I didn't have my job, I would like, I wouldn't be happier, you know, regardless of my paycheck, I would not be happier. Like I- I'm thankful to have what I have. I don't, I don't want to be furloughed. I don't want like any of that, you know, but it's easy to sit in my head and say like, well, <laughs> this guy's making it just like free rain check, you know? Yeah. And that's obviously not the case because it's no, nobody wants to be in that situation, but it's easy to, to look like that. Well, and see, vice versa. That's where I'm going to disagree. And that's where I wanted to, that's what I thought was really interesting because I did have that same moment where like Ashley and I were doing these stupid, we were alarm, you know, go off at 545. We get out of bed together. She would go to work. She'd come back. I'd be working while she was gone. Then we'd buckle down to work on the e-commerce site. We decide to get out of the office at 1am, go to bed start again and we did that for like 10 days straight and i'm talking to people that have been furloughed that are making a thousand bucks a week and they're more, just playing even more yeah yep. i know and they're just playing every day and they said like this is legitimately the greatest thing ever and you know at first at first i did the same thing you did right like it's just natural it's like this is so freaking stupid i'm legitimately working to pay for your freaking furlough Um, but then the thing that changed in my head, I started to think, oh my goodness, like that's really sad. And I don't think they think about this, but I was like, wow, they, they actually don't have fun at their jobs because this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to them because they don't have to work and they get to make money. And like, if you gave me about 20 options of things that were fun or me work on the stuff that I'm working on, I'm usually picking work first because I have so much fun doing it. And the fact that there are so many, so few people out there that feel that same level of love and joy for what they do every day. Like it made me feel bad that they do have to go to work again someday. Like they have to lose all that joy that they're feeling right now. Once they get back to normal life. Like they feel that sadness that Corona is over. Like I love, I legitimately love what I do. Just like you would love what you do. Like, and that's why we talk about it a little differently. My heart would be broken if I had to stop doing what I was doing. Like broken. I mean, I don't know how that would happen to me. If I randomly had to go to jail for something, I suppose. Because that's the only way it can happen. I'd have to be locked up. But, but it's like, it amazes me that like you would probably keep doing what you're doing right now. If someone said you're not going to get paid for the next year, like hundred percent, it's so crazy. You bring that up. Cause I thought about that today. It's so weird. I haven't like, we've been in this for eight weeks now. And I thought about that today that I saw a video and I thought that exact thing. I thought if, if, if tomorrow our company said, we can't pay you anymore. Would I keep doing what I'm doing? Isn't that a crazy thought? Yeah. 
And like, I've talked to Ashley about this over and over. I was like, I legitimately could not make a dime for the next two years. And I'm still working 90 to 100 hour weeks because it's my favorite thing ever <laughs> to try to keep making progress and helping people in some way. And like, can you imagine how few people get to feel that way? They didn't get a paycheck. They'd be out of there in a second. No, I, tr- I mean, I've, I've worked plenty of jobs where that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I, I've worked plenty of jobs where that's the case. And that's what I was just going to bring up. And you, you beat me to it is that I, I cannot say that that's like just my mindset of like, you know what? I love to work. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I love to work. I love like progress. I love like improvement. I love helping people. I don't think I love to work. I think that's I like, like a, bi- I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a byproduct of, of what I do. But like, yes, if you told me in, in past jobs that I've had, like your funding is gone, I would say, so am I. <laughs> that's what I would, <laughs> that would be my answer. And, uh, but th- that's not the case right now. Right. And that, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. And I think, I think more people are, are hopefully gravitating towards stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's tough, you know, that I, I think, a paycheck is, 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 um, enough security. And we've talked about this before Yeah. to not pursue what you want to pursue. You know, I think like, I, I think if, if you take money off the table, people would say, well, I'm going to do something else with that time, yeah. you know? Um, and not, not everybody's in that situation. I think there are plenty of people that love their job, but there are absolutely people in the other, in the other spectrum that say like uh, more people on the other spectrum. Yeah, At absolutely. Least according to studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't done one personally. Yeah. And but I think the other side of that is is people also have the people have a fam people have families and, responsibilities. and kids and yeah, and and a house to pay for and and uh all these things. And that's not to say that you should stay in in a job if you don't like it, but I I completely get it. I compl- and I I shouldn't say completely get it cuz I'm not there. But like yeah. if I was in the same situation, would I be making the same decision? There's a very good chance I would be. Like, yeah, absolutely. Too. Like I, I have kids at home to pay for. Like if even I, I hated my job, you, you'd bet I'd be showing up there every morning at 6am to make sure that I had a paycheck. So that food was on the table, you know? And I think that's what I, I there are so many people that do that. And I, I think it's so truthfully, I, I think it's admirable because that's not, but I also think that's where the passion changes. So like I started to think about it. So my dad, we've been talking a lot and we'll wrap this thing up soon. Um, we've been talking a lot because he claims that he's never really liked being a doctor. And a lot of doctors are like that, which is interesting. But anyways, and I was just like, okay, well it's time. Like it's time to pursue your passion. And I was like, I don't even understand why you didn't do it way back in the day because I was like, you could do whatever you want and you'd make it work. And he said something fascinating to me and you just brought it up. He goes, here's the thing. He's like, I did have passions and my passions were starting different companies. And he's like, that's what I did before you kids. And he's like, you, you saw me create the bagel company and the cookie factory and the billing company. That was my passion. And he's like, when I had you kids, my passion became you kids. And my passion became doing everything I could, even if a job wasn't my favorite, like, my passion became giving you guys everything. And if that meant I went to work and didn't enjoy it the perfect amount, I was still fulfilling my passion because I was giving you guys what I wanted to give you. And I was like, dang, 
I haven't really thought about it from that perspective, how many fathers and mothers are out there. Like they may say that they don't love their job, but that doesn't mean they aren't pursuing their passion of taking care of their family. It's a great way to put it. And like, I just thought, wow, then I can see how some of the studies are a little off and like, there might be more people just doing it off of the thing they love most. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have kids, but I can definitely see how that would be the case. When I have kids, I would definitely go through hell for those kids, even if I was miserable every day. I mean, you do it. You do it for your, for your wife right now, you know. Yes, one hundred percent. And and imagine uh, a little uh, little little one of both of you, you know. Oh man, little, man, it would be so. We ugly. don't need any more of those. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> hopefully, it gets hopefully it gets all your wife's genes because yeah, that'd be too bad. So I I, I have one last question for you, yes. and I think we've 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 danced around it and we've talked about it in different capacities, yeah, but hippity hop all around the, the question where where do you get this stuff where, <laughs> where do you get this stuff unbelievable i hope your people i hope there are people that are out there that just hear lines like that and think i'm turning the podcast off right now no but, I'm, I'm telling you our my audience they just hate listen they, I, <laughs> this guy is the worst <laughs> and then they talk to other people about it that's good. Okay. If, if that's the case, then I support your audience fully. Yes. Yes. Anyways, we, we, we do, I do have an important topic to, to cover really quickly. And that's the last thing that I'll ask you is what, what is it that I'm trying to ask us in the right way? What is your driving motivation that, that is the thing that, that makes you want to work and it gets you out of bed in the morning and it gets you on the, even on those tough days when you're like, F this, I don't want to do this. Cause everybody has them. I like what I do and I have them. I have yep. days when I'm just like, I don't want to do this. What is the thing that, that ultimately drives you to, yeah. to, to, to go to work, to get that done, to get out of bed? Yeah. So I actually just found that over the last, like, like truly, truly, truly found it over the last six months. Um, and you might not believe me here. I don't know. We'll find out. So prior to this, the last six months, I did have the mornings legitimately, even though I, I loved what I did. That doesn't mean that things don't get really, really freaking hard. And I did have mornings where I would sit there and be like, this sucks. I don't want to get out of bed. And the reason why things the reason why I thought that way is because there were challenges that occurred that really brought me down because it didn't fall upon my, it didn't fall perfectly aligned with my end goal, you know, because six months ago I had end goals of like in 20 years, I want to be here and this is how I get there. And with all of these little baby stepping stones of success, I reached this, Right. And my goal, my goal is this thing way out in the future. Everything I do is for that, right? The thing that changed six months ago is I legitimately just accepted that the journey is way more important than that end goal. And something happened six months ago where all of a sudden, because I started thinking about like, I legitimately just love the journey and I, I love every minute of it. I love every failure. I love every success in the last six months. I don't think I've had one morning where it was legitimately hard to get out of bed. This is no joke. You, 
I have probably only one out of seven days do I sleep until my alarm, even though my alarm is at six o'clock because I wake up and I'm so excited to start working on stuff. And it does not matter if I just had the worst day ever or the best day ever, because all of a sudden I've just accepted that the journey and the little challenge or anything that I'm presented with every day is so fun because it's just like, this is the game. Like I love playing the game. It gets me so motivated because I don't know what the outcome will be. Like I might epically bomb, but the idea that I have the opportunity to wake up every single morning and I have a 24 hour period to make myself better than the day before, that just gets me excited. And before that point, like I was so worried about the outcome that I, I couldn't feel that same excitement. And now knowing that everything, it's going back to the compounding interest. When I, I physically, mentally, emotionally, every single day, I do one thing that I know makes me better than the day before. And I can go to bed super excited every night knowing you did something today, even if it was a push-up, you know, fat me. If I just did an extra push-up today than yesterday, I know I'm making myself physically better. If I made one extra call today than I did yesterday for the business, I know I moved it forward just a little more than yesterday. And the journey has just got me so freaking excited. And I, I don't know, I, cause, and I don't even know how to put it in words because it's so new to me that it's not really super tangible. I just love the idea of improving. <laughs> that's, no, that's a great one. That's a, that's a really good one. That's really good. What about you? I like that. Mine's on a, on a different line, on a different, uh, kind of a different trajectory. Um, so I think when I struggle, cause I, I'm definitely not in the, in the boat of like every day I can wake up and be like, let's go. Mm-hmm. I absolutely have a day every, even every week, even when I'm like 100% motivated sold, I know I want, like I'm on, I'm in my groove. I still have a day every week where I'm like, you know what? If I like, if I stay in bed till seven, I'm going to be all right. You know, if, if I hit yeah, the, yeah. like if I get an extra two hours of sleep, I'll be, I'll be just fine. But my, I think when I struggle is when I get, when I'm focusing only on myself, when I get too introspective mm-hmm. is when I, is when I have those days. So what gets me through in, and I think this has been me all along, but it's been, it's been, I've had to do different tasks and different, taken different jobs and done different things to figure it out what it is. But my thing that, that will get me out of, out of bed every single morning is knowing what my impact on other people is going to be. Right. So what I mean by that is I know if I, if I sleep in until seven or six, or I don't get a couple of things done at night that I need to get done, even when I don't want to do it, that's one patient that I might not be able to help. That's someone that I might not be able to impact. Um, That's someone on my team that I might not be able to, to provide support to. So like my, cause I think everything that I do, and that's, I think this is ultimately, I wanted to go to go into medicine in the first place, right? You knew I wanted to go to medical school yeah. way back, way back when. And I think I want to do it to help people. And I think there's a lot of people that want to do it to help people. And I think that's a really cliche answer, but I think it's, it's true. Yeah. But mine is, my, mine is actually what, what is, what is my not doing work 
how, what is the opportunity cost of that on other people? It's kind of a backwards way to put it, but every time I'm not doing something, what are other people losing? Like, cause there, that might be someone that, that can't get operated on or someone that can't get surgery done or, um, a whole host of other factors or, or, you know, these days compound. So if I do it one day and the next day and another day, three, four days, even over the, the span of a month or two months, that might impact our, our business enough to where we're not getting to the, to the finish line, right? Which the finish line for us is, is getting a device approved in the US so that anybody can have access to it instead of just the people that can pay for it right now. Mm-hmm. So mine, what can get me out of bed every day is don't cheat other people, right? There, there's something that you're here to provide. And I, I don't mean like slaving away for other people, but like you, you have a gift when you're here. Everybody's got a gift, whatever that is. And if I can provide that to other people, then that's going to get me out of bed. Right. I, I go to bed uh, guilty if I, if I will stay in or, or not get something done at night because I know that someone else is, is losing from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's really worked for me. So that's why I think that's two, two, two different perspectives of the same thing. And I, I think it's really interesting because I think you can have like so many different things that do that for you. And I'd be really interested. I'm not sure how, how you post these or, or what you do with this, but I'd be really interested to hear what your viewers do yeah. that gets them out of bed, you know, because gotta, that's it. Yeah. So you guys comment on what you do to get out of bed and also try to remember to run a poll on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So next time Brady and I meet, I can actually, we can talk through some of the comments and some of the answers. Um, and I do want to say, Brady, it's always a pleasure having you on the show because I say something and then you articulate it way better. And you also say in a way that makes me feel like, Bobby, you're a selfish douche. <laughs> and um, I really appreciate that because I think our audience needs a fresh perspective every once in a while. So thank <laughs> you so much. That's absolutely not the case at all, but it's just, uh, it's different perspectives. And I think everybody's got a different one. That's why I'm, I'm interested in what other people do to, to do that because everybody's got something that, that gets them going, right? Definitely. Whatever that is. And uh, I love hearing what that is because it's, it's, that tells me what, what it is all about, right? Yeah. Finding what, yeah. what drives that fire. But anyways. Yeah. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening. Sorry for the little baby weird edit in the middle. I don't even know how good it's going to end up being, but you guys will find out. I'm sure about 10 minutes into the podcast, we both will because I'm going to edit this later. Um, Secondly, thank you again for listening to Brady. Brady, thank you for joining us on the show. We were kind of all over the place, but that's usually where we go. And hopefully you find a bunch of tidbits of information that you can apply to your life throughout the entire podcast so i mean you guys if you all download this and you share with people and we get enough downloads that brady thinks it's worth his time to come back more often like i need all of you guys to really put in the effort on this one because i'm sure if we're at like 2000 downloads after the first week i can convince brady to come back weekly because he'll say you know he'll think to himself after his answer how many people is he choosing to let down by not showing up on this podcast for just I a see. little bit of time? I see. You know? So, yeah. so all of you help me with that. And um, yeah, thanks, Braves. We Absolutely. Will, uh, we'll see all of you guys uh, next time. Bye guys.